Hi friends, thank you for tuning in to the Concussion Coach Podcast. I'm Bethany Lewis, the Concussion Coach. I'm a neurological occupational therapist and certified life coach, and I specialize in guiding people through their concussion recovery journey. I am passionate about helping people understand their injury, speed up their recovery, and reclaim control over their life post-concussion. The purpose of this podcast is to help increase awareness of concussions and the impact they can have on a person's life, and to bring hope to people who have suffered a concussion and those who love them. I firmly believe that sharing stories and knowledge about concussions will bring important light and understanding to this misunderstood and often invisible injury. The information in this podcast is meant to bring that awareness and hope and is not meant as medical advice. The opinions shared are those of the interviewees and my own. If you are suffering with lingering concussion symptoms, I have created a concussion coaching program specifically for you. I will be your mentor to guide you through your recovery journey, offering help with understanding and managing your symptoms, setting achievable goals, and learning how to manage your own thoughts and nervous system in order to get control over your life again. If this program sounds like something that would help you or someone you love, sign up for a free consultation. In the consultation, you'll get valuable information and resources and gain hope for your future. Sign up for your free consultation at the link in the show notes or at my website, www.theconcussioncoach.com. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Concussion Coach Podcast. My guest today is Amanda Smaby. I met Amanda when she came through the treatment at Cognitive FX, and I was so impressed with her maturity and her perspective, her faith, and her positive attitude that I asked if she'd be willing to share her perspective on this podcast, and she kindly accepted that invitation. So I'm really excited to hear more from her and for her to share her story with all of us today. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. What a cool opportunity to be able to share. And honestly, for you guys to like be able to listen and have such an amazing podcast to educate. I think that's just such a perfect idea. And in order to just really spread awareness to how to handle such tough issues, because it is, it's so hard. But yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks. I'm so glad you're here. So why don't we start off with you introducing yourself a little bit more. Tell us where you're from, what you do, all the things. (laughs) Yeah, so I am from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grew up on the west side and it has just been a really cool community. And I am 21. I am a full-time photographer and never went to college or anything, just went right into that. And you'll hear more about why in my story as well. But yeah, I I really enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy traveling a lot. I have quite the history in that. But yeah, I'm super passionate about healing and growing. And I'm super passionate about the Lord and just like the way he's completely captured my heart. And yeah, and obviously bringing awareness to really difficult things that need to awareness to be brought to. I think there is just such a beauty in the process of suffering, which sounds really crazy, but I think that um, that's something I'm really passionate about is how to find purpose and healing in the midst of trials and a lot of confusion. Because there is so much beauty and there's oftentimes a lot of God's secrets lie beneath suffering. So I'm really excited to be able to share and more fun facts. I just really like, I love to write. I really, really enjoy I don't enjoy the winters here (laughs) and I really enjoy being able to like travel to faraway places to really experience like new cultures and stuff. I think that's, I'm really nerdy about that and it's super fun. Yeah. I think that's all I got. Hey, well, thank you. That's awesome. And let's jump into your story here. Tell us a little bit about your injury. What, how long ago it was, what happened? Yeah. So 
I have quite an interesting, I would say, timeline. Uh, Around February of 2018, I got a nose fracture, which was just like, it was, I don't know, it was just really random. And it was, I'm a basketball player. So I, well, I was always a big athlete in high school. And that's kind of a big part of my story is I was always a three sport athlete, was always super into being competitive and active. And I, my dream was to play basketball in, in college. And so I, ever since fourth grade, that was like, what I did was play practice and continue to strive towards being the best I could in that. And it was actually in like an injury prevention, like where we were just doing like stretches and stuff and like different like workouts. And I like was on a BOSU ball, like doing a plank on a BOSU ball and my hand like slipped and I ended up like falling on my face and completely like breaking my nose. I looked crazy. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) I know. I wish it was more fun, but it was a pretty pathetic story. And, but it ended up being really bad to where I had to get surgery. So I ended up getting a nose surgery, whatnot. And that's kind of where it all started without me really knowing. So at that point, I, no, no one thought about like anything with your head or like how that could have impacted, like, cause it was just, you know, you just fractured your nose. And, but I did at that point start feeling and acting different. And I didn't really realize why. And it made sense a lot later, but so pretty much that's where it started. And um, I started experiencing like difficulty in school. I was tired all of the time. I was known to be this like, oh, like straight A student, always working really hard. And so it was really confusing to me and my parents and everyone, like why I was just so tired all the time and always like experiencing all these weird new symptoms. And then, um, oh, sorry, what, what grade were you in? Uh, I think at that point I was a sophomore in high school. Yes, I was sophomore in high school. So I was, I don't know how old I am in that point in time, like 15, 16? No, probably, yeah. And then in January of 2019, so around like a year later, I refractured my nose. So this is like next basketball season. I refractured my nose four times. Oh, and wow. it was it was like a really weird thing. I had to wear like that really ugly face mask that everyone is wearing like when you break your nose and then I took it off and I just was kind of like screw it like I keep getting hit in the nose like it was a knee to the nose and elbow to the nose like it was almost like every game it was just some weird like and so I, at that point I was just like I'll get a nose job later like because I was so serious about the season and I was like but throughout the season as I kept getting hit I started to experience like like terrible symptoms. So I was just, and again, no one thought about my head. No one thought about like, oh, what that could have, you know, the impact to your face is actually impacting your neck and your brain as well. So I started to become a little more like, yeah, just like exhausted. And I would experience like, I would call my mom like at third hour every day and be like, mom, like, I just feel sick. Like, I feel like I have a fever. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, I have headaches. And I just like, and I would get home and I would sleep and I just wouldn't do my homework and I would just sleep. And then I'd go to practice and I'd get home and I'd sleep. And I started like skipping practices, which was not unlike me. And I like everyone was just kind of concerned, like was like, what's going on with her? My parents were freaking out because I started doing really bad in school. And so I was getting tested, like I was getting blood tests done. I was getting, I was put on Adderall and I was like diagnosed with ADD. Like they were just like trying everything to like figure out what was happening. It was really frustrating because it was like, 
I was so angry with myself because I was like, why all of a sudden, like, am I struggling so much? And then at the end of that season, so it was now February of 2019, I had a really traumatic fall. And it was like the game before districts. So it was like one of the last games of the season before we were going into like districts and regionals and stuff. And um, I pretty much I jumped in the air. It was a girl she played a dirty move on me and grabbed me while I was in the air, flipped me over her. So I landed on my head first and I like blacked out and I laid there for like 10 minutes, pretty much. I wasn't blacked out for 10 minutes, but I was just laying there. And um, that is like kind of where everyone's like, okay, now she has a concussion. But it was interesting because a couple games before this, my coach finally asked like, do you think maybe like her breaking her nose was like giving her like a concussion? And we were all kind of like, maybe like I don't know and then this happened and it was like my life changed completely after this point and this is kind of where like the journey started of all right I'm finally diagnosed with a concussion yes okay can I ask you a quick question when you when you were getting blood tests done and people were like okay what's happening I assume the blood test came back normal like was there did you have any indication of what it was until your coach was like oh wait maybe this could have been concussion related no yeah we literally had no idea so it And like, even when he said that, like my experience with an understanding of what a concussion was, was so small. Like I didn't understand what that even meant really. I was just like, you know, you just hear it around like, oh, football players getting a concussion, like, and like they're out for a week and then they're fine. And so like my idea of it was like that the same way, like same attitude with my nose. I was like, I'll be fine. You know, as an athlete, you're just taught to like, just push through so much, which is another like really huge thing I advocate for is like, just the toxic mindset of that as well. And the balance of that. But yeah, I was taught to just push through so much. And like, so injury, like I just felt invincible to it. I was like, you know, even if it was like, so what, like, I'm, you know, I'm still going to play like, mm. like it doesn't really mean anything. Cause I didn't know the severity of like what that could do. Yeah. I believe that was, that made it my injury so much worse because there was so many impacts to the head within like a month. So itself had created an avenue to being extremely affected by the concussion. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So you had an experience that everybody would recognize as a concussion. And then then what happened from there? So from there, I was obviously, you know, brought to the doctor, whatever. And we, from there, we just, it was a learning curve. It was just so much that we had to learn. And, and I was put like, you know, into the typical, like, oh, like sit in a dark room and do nothing for like weeks or whatever. And I, I actually missed 40 days of school. And it was, it was terrible. I was just like, and we were just so uneducated on like how to handle it, but I was just like not recovering well. And I they tell you, like you went in, you, you got seen by a doctor. I assume they said, yes, you've had a concussion at that point. And, yeah. and what advice were you given? Was it just, just yeah, just like sit in a dark room and like, until, you know, you start feeling better and like, don't look at your phone, don't look at like any light or anything like, and, um, you know, they were like, your pupils are dilated, like all the different things. But like, really, we weren't given much information. And so it was just like, and then I think we had like go back in or something. I honestly, it's more of a blur than I remember. But then they put me into Mary Freebed for which is like this healthcare to specify and like, pretty much like post concussion, like help 
So I was there for three months. I saw a speech therapist for three months. I saw an occupational therapist for three months and a physical therapist. And that was kind of the extent of my recovery. Like that was like their way of doing it. And from there, they were like clearing me to do different things. But and I believe it was it did help a little bit, but it wasn't obviously like there was so much more to it that I was still so unaware of. And after the three months, like I did see some improvement, but it was like, then I just like was just sent off with very little information on like how to move forward. Um, But in the therapies, they were like helping me. The speech therapist was helping me on how to like get back into school. And like, I was doing like half days for a while and then I would, or I would go into class and I would have to take breaks every 15 minutes. It was just like so extensive, like in, in the, it was just embarrassing. Like, I was like, I don't want to like have to ask for breaks every, you know, it was just all of the protocol that, you know, I still didn't understand why I had to take it so seriously either. But because you're just, you feel so misunderstood in it. Cause you're like, the teachers don't always understand. Like your friends don't really care that much. And so it's just, you know, that's the extent of what I was given. And then after the three months, I was just released and told a lot of things that I couldn't do. I was told I had secondary impact syndrome from the multiple, like, injuries in a row that I was like if I were to get hit in the head again I would like have this like excessive bleeding that could be fatal like it was just like scary like they were just telling me things they were like you're not going to be able to play impact sports anymore and that was devastating pretty much was told so much information with like little education on like how true it was or how to process that so I really came out of therapy like more confused and like really devastated and that kind of was where I would say I like started this like journey down like down the road of just like it being extremely depressed. Did they when you did your three months of the therapies, was that just like you would go in once a week kind of thing? Or I think it was like twice a week, I think. It wasn't, but it wasn't like you go there and you stay there. It wasn't like an inpatient thing. It was just no. going out. And yeah. Okay. And with the school thing, I when you're talking about that, it just brings up a lot of conversations I've had with other people who experience this in high school. Yeah. And a lot of misunderstanding, like people don't, people don't get it. They don't, they haven't seen a lot of it. And so there's not protocols around it. <laughs> like they're right. like trying to find a place where you can go to take a rest, all of those things. Was that your experience or did, had other people experience that and paved the way for you at all <laughs> in that? There wasn't much understanding. Like there were some teachers that were like, very like they might not have understood but they were very like oh like we will give you lots of grace but there were other teachers that weren't like that at all and I missed 40 days of school so I was like I think I literally at one point in my junior year my GPA was down to a 0.6 it was so bad like it was like my grades because my grades were already really bad before from just like not doing well and that extensive period was like honestly equally as painful because I was like not feeling well I didn't know why and that really took a toll on my like I don't know like my confidence and just my like you know I started feeling like I was just a whole different person and that like really scared me I was like why all of a sudden am I not this like positive like jittery person why you know and like my identity was so put into like performance and like into doing well in school and all those things and so all of a sudden when I like couldn't do that. I just, you know, started feeling like, and my parents were like, who are you? You know, it was just like so many questions, but I would say like, especially with classmates and stuff, like even the fact that like, I didn't really understand it, it made it hard for me to really even like explain what I was going through. And so I think 
Now, you can't really expect high schoolers to be educated on that either. So I think the the biggest thing that was helpful was my superintendent of my school. Such a great guy. His daughter played basketball with my sister. So my sister's older. And she had she has post-concussion syndrome as well and has suffered a lot of head injury. And so he was super understanding and kind of took me under his wing a little in terms of like being able to graduate. So he pretty much was like, yeah, we're going to have to like, you're going to have to drop two classes. You've worked hard enough in your first two years that like you can do this. You're going to drop two classes. And pretty much I had to like for the rest of the year spend two hours every day in the office like catching up on work and just doing things so that I could like he was like making sure I could graduate pretty much so like that like in the moment was like really confusing and like frustrating and embarrassing like I just you know but looking at it now like he was like so gracious and if I didn't have that like I might not have been able to graduate high school so it was just like moments like that where I can like reflect back on are like super special to see like you know because not everyone gets a person that understands, you know, but yeah. of course, a father of someone, you know, that has suffered, he obviously has seen, you know, the worst of it and seen his daughter suffer from it. So yeah, well, that's such a beautiful thing and such a, a blessing to be able to to look back and see it. And I appreciate you saying that because again, like in the moment, we don't always see, right. or feel grateful for these things that um, looking back, we're like, oh, actually, that was that was a huge blessing. That's great. That's cool. So I think you probably shared a bunch of the things, but is were there any other symptoms that you dealt with that you want to make sure people are aware of to be? Um, yeah. So, well, I'm gonna actually. There's kind of more to the story, but it's not like it's. So I don't know how to explain this, but pretty much the next year, this all kind of ties in with the questions, but I started to, that summer after I was released, I started seeing other people because it was like nine months of just like, I'm still not feeling good. It's the summer now. Like I'm supposed to be healed, whatever. And so I started seeing like a ton of different neurologists and different specialists because I was just like suffering so bad and ended up seeing a a sports neurologist who basically was looked at me and was like, I don't think any of your symptoms are real. I think you're just depressed. And he said like, and it's just crazy because at this point I was like mourning so much of like my future. Cause I was like, I suck at school. I can't play basketball anymore. So like, what is there to life? And so I think at that moment he was like, yeah, I think you're just depressed. And I think you should go play like basketball again, which was so confusing to me because I was told I was not supposed to play impact sports anymore. I knew physically I was not well. And then all of a sudden, like this young girl who just like her dreams and stuff. And all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you can go play again. So at this point, I'm just so confused, but at the same time, like excited. I'm like, I don't even know how to feel. And so he was like, yeah, I'll give you two weeks. You go 50% during tryouts see how you feel and then come back and like, I'll let you know if I'll clear you or not. So I go back, I, you know, go to tryouts, which is a ton of running and stuff like that. And, you know, of course I don't feel good. I feel terrible, but I'm like, I'm going to play again. And so then I come back and and he's like, do you feel hundred percent? I'm like, no, but he's like, you know what? I like trust that like, you'll take it easier or whatever. So he cleared me. And then the same week I got cleared, we had our first scrimmage and I tore my ACL meniscus. And so like at that point, that's kind of like another just big drown in my story of just like, I tried chasing 
like those parts of me again, like thinking like, because I was just so confused. And so to hear that and experience all of these different things at that point, that's like where a big shift in my story happened again. I was just like, all right, this is for real this time. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be this anymore. Like, this isn't my future. And, um, but yeah, so leading to that, there's a lot of like things that were impacted through my like knee surgery. I've had three knee surgeries within the span of like 11 months of that year. So that was my senior year. And so there was like, of course, that took a big toll out of my, so I did half days my whole senior year due to my symptoms from that and then having to deal with all the surgeries later in the year. But yeah, some of the symptoms I'll just list off. I would say like extreme fatigue was like a main source of the symptom, like chronic fatigue all the time, sleeping all the time. I had excessive brain fog, just always felt slow, like slower. Like it's like I could I could think fine, like I wasn't stupid, but like it just took me a lot longer to like process and like um stuff like that. And I had like extreme chronic pain. So this is like, I think due to so much of the physical extent of my injuries too, um, which because at that time I wasn't aware of like the cervical damage and just like the spine and the pelvis and all the things from my, all my like separate injuries in basketball, but then also my knee surgeries. And like, that obviously is a very traumatic, like having three knee surgeries in 11 months is, you know, traumatizes your body too. So I was having a lot of physical pain, migraines localized okay migraines yeah so i would the the pain was like literally in my entire body so like throughout my neck and my shoulders and my back and my spine and it goes like down in my pelvis and my knee and like you know it was just like everything just felt so out of whack and that was like super difficult and that it just like continued to get worse throughout like my story too and then i was honestly like my like obviously there's like trouble focusing the migraines and but like honestly a huge part of my journey is just the emotional like aspect of the injury and how it completely changed me my personality completely changed which I'll speak more about later but my loss and in, like just the depression that I've never experienced before which I ha- think had a lot to do with just the amount of loss that came from it but also just my inability to handle emotions. I became a whole different person. I was constantly angry, like super easily irritated, um, super emotional. And yeah, my like ability to handle situations, I became so impatient. And it was just, it was so hard to watch myself become a person that I was so like on a, you know, like I was just like, who is this? And that honestly was like one of the most painful parts of it was just the emotional and like um aspect of it and just being able to having to deal with that in a way that I wasn't I didn't understand like the tools or how to cope with that was that something that was addressed had you talked to any like a therapist or seen anybody about the depression part yeah so I think the moment that the neurologist he addressed like oh I think you're depressed I think that moment, it was like nine months after my, so it was like during the summer of 2019. The summer of 2019 is when I like started seeing that neurologist and he had like said that, that really like sparked something in my heart. And I remember like when he left the room, I like started crying because I was just like, I've never heard that before. 
I um was so scared of that word. Like I was just like taught growing up that that was weak and that was just like, you know, like I, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just more of something that you chose to like, oh, I'm just depressed and it's it's a flaw. It's like a character flaw. And so I was just terrified of that. And um, but I think I like realized I'm not doing well. And I think that was the moment where I was like, man, like I really am not doing well. And that aspect of it, I started to face and to realize like there there has to be a solution to this. And so I had to educate myself more on like even what that, that meant. That became really difficult between me and my parents because my parents, as well as me, like wasn't educated as much on like how to handle mental health and like what that looked like. And so I became really isolated and angry at them. And because I just didn't feel like anyone knew how to help me and I didn't know how to help myself. And so there's just this like counteract of like frustration on both sides. And that became a big thing. So I did end up asking at some point, I don't remember when it was to see a therapist. I told my parents, I was like, I can't do this. Like I need help. And I think that was like a moment in my story that was really heartbreaking to me because I was just like, but it was like so important to finally receive and ask for help. So I did start seeing like a sports psychologist and that didn't go well. So I think it was like not until a year later that I chose to go to another therapist and it was a Christian counselor and it changed my life. Like I think everyone should have a counselor and a therapist because I think despite what you're going through, there's so much more that's underneath than you think. And I think that part of my journey was so key and crucial, which I'll also speak more about too. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And you had mentioned before that you you didn't know a lot about concussions prior to this. And the I guess what things about your experience with a concussion surprised you? Yeah, so I would say the biggest thing was just like, for instance, my experience was for so long, I was waiting. Like I didn't take it seriously because I, I mean, I did take it seriously, but I was so uneducated that I, like my thought process was that I just need to wait and that time will just like help me. And all of a sudden I'll just, again, like I was like this constant waiting and longing to feel normal again. And that made me spiral more in that depression, honestly, because you're constantly waiting for something without understanding and, or accepting what what's right now mm. and being content with right now. And so I think the biggest thing that like surprised me was just was just feeling like there was no end and feeling like there was just so much more to it than I really expected that there's also physical aspects of it. That was a big surprise too. like understanding how your neck, like your spine and all of the different places in it, like and when your body and your mind isn't working together, how that affects everything as well. But yeah, just like the mental toll it took as well on on my life. And and I, I guess it just surprised me how long that it it takes to really recover and to like see healing and to accept that like your new normal can be good too. Like that's the thing is I think for so long I, I realized that like, or I thought that this new normal was just going to be bad. My whole life was just ruined and affected by it instead of really accepting that there's beauty in it too and that God transforms and like allows for opportunities to grow into this person that he's now giving you a story for. You know what I mean? Like, so there's parts of me that I was like, 
okay, I'm irritated, all these different things, but it was due to having like all these new perspectives and understanding all this new weight of life and the brokenness of like things was overwhelming. But when I handed that to the Lord and when I really like dug into how or why that's created me into a person that's so much stronger and has so much more perspective. And so it's really like accepting that every part of the injury, there is like beauty behind it if you continue to seek and be curious. So it really surprised me that like that was possible (laughs) because for so long, I believed the lie that like my life was just going to be like miserable. And to a degree, it, it can be miserable, but if you find the purpose in it, it's worth every like pain and every like ounce of just like frustration and like heartbreak that you had to go through. It, it makes it worth it because you on the outside of it, you you do receive just this new perspective on life that brings you a peace and a hope that you wouldn't have found if you were still in the you could say normal version of yourself. So yeah, that's kind of I think the biggest thing that surprised me. That's amazing. And again, I just I love your perspective and the life lessons that you're learning and are able to put into words. I appreciate this so much. I'm curious and I I know that your story isn't done either. <laughs> There's we haven't talked about further past past the this, but what and maybe you can go into this as you answer this, but what treatments or therapies did you try and found to be helpful? So I would say the main treatments that I found, which I kind of spoke about, was the mental health of it, like being able to find a therapist, a psychologist, or a counselor of some sort to help through the mental aspect of it. Because I think finding freedom from and finding perspective in the mental aspect of it will lead you to this hope that will get you to continue to try new things. Because when your end goal is to become fully healed, you completely lose all your contentment and joy in life because ultimately you're, you might never get there. You do, We don't have control of that. And that, that spirals into depression and anxiety. And ultimately you fear your future so much. And so I would say finding emotional and mental freedom first was so key for me, obviously during the process of like seeking out therapy and stuff. But I would say, yeah, the mental and emotional aspect of it is so key in order to being patient and allowing God to lead you to the right places instead of continuing to like try to control it. And like once you see a doctor and they give you the wrong information or they like, you know, lead you astray of some sort or, you know, maybe it didn't work. Instead of coming out of that with just this negative mental outlook, you could like look at that as, wow, what did I learn? What did I like? What did they teach me not to do? And what did they teach me to do that I will like keep in my brain for like future reference? And then you can move on, allowing God to lead you to the next step. And that is what changed my like whole outlook on my injury. Like, because there's you're going to see doctors uh, who are clueless, there you're going to see doctors who just want your money. And it's broken and it's sad and it's hard to face that reality and you will just constantly face so much frustration and so I think having a mental perspective to keep you strong is really the the biggest part of the healing journey in my opinion um because you have to accept that like your journey might be like a couple weeks might be a couple months it might be a year and it might be years and it might be a really long time and it's what you do with what you can control that's key so 
that's like my big rant is about the mental health, but I would also in the, like the trauma healing too, because it affects your body. It affects you like the cognitive dysfunction really affects your, your, obviously your firsthand things like your body and your mind, but the, also the secondary things, your relationships, your ability to function, your ability to relate to people, your capacity in life is so much lower. So all of a sudden things that might have been easy for you or not. And that takes a toll on your mental health as well. So the trauma behind it too, and being able to figure out and learn more about yourself and how it affected you is key. As much as it's painful, it's helpful. But I would say chiropractors did not help because that's just such a quick fix. I started seeing a biomechanical spine specialist who is incredible. And for me, my personal journey, I have a lot of physical dysfunction that I found out about um, due to previous injuries, due to the initial injury, the trauma that it had to my neck, the whiplash, the but also just how it was stacked. There were so many different injuries that helped like me and my body go into this dysfunction. And also the amount that I would push through caused an excessive amount of trauma to my body. So my body, it feels so unsafe, which tying that with the cognitive dysfunction is really, it creates a lot of problems because not only is your body stuck in this dysfunction and it feels unsafe and it feels, it's really hard to get back to where it's functionally supposed to be, but your brain is also not communicating properly with your body. And so it's just this like constant cycle of dysfunction. And so for me, it was seeing a spine specialist who can look at you as a whole. I think that's key. Finding someone that really sees you and cares about your journey, being able to discern whether the doctor really listens. But also for me, because the physical pain was a huge part of my journey. So just like being able to see someone that will look at my whole entire body. Because the biomechanical spine specialist is actually the one that recommended me to go to cognitive FX because she saw that my body wasn't responding due to the neurological dysfunction. Wow. So it's my journey is a bit little a little different, but I would say that leads into and ties into Utah was like huge for me. Seeing going to cognitive FX was life-changing in terms of just like finally after like five years of seeing so many specialists learning so many things about head injury and about my body and different specialists, different th- parts of my body, and then finally getting to connect it with all the therapists like over how many like 17 10 therapy I don't know there were so many different therapies that I was able to do at the same time so that I could finally connect how to get better because there was just so much going on so that for my story personally was what helped me that's amazing thank you so much and since doing the treatment of cognitive effects have you done other things or has that so I went back to the spine specialist because now that I know a lot about my middle instability, about how and just how like brain and body connection um, is so crucial for being able to get that midline stability back. So now that I'm working on midline stability, I do need my body to be in proper like biomechanics back to where it's supposed to be so that I can continue to strengthen like those parts of I don't know, it's just kind of confusing, but it's like I don't want to be too nerdy, but there's an aspect of like now that I'm aware, I can go back to the spine specialist and continue to get the physical help I need while I'm doing the cognitive help. Like I'm already aware of things that I need to be working on with that. So it's pairing them together. 
And then I did find out a lot of my symptoms are coming from my vision still. So I'm in vision therapy for nine months. So I'm kind of those three together are what is like my, I guess, journey right now. Yeah, no. And those are all very key parts of this. And so I love that you've found all of them and that they're working together. And that sounds like a really good place to be. I'm so happy that you've found all of this. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. So tell us a little bit about what were the things that people said or did along this journey for you that was most helpful? All right. Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing that was helpful throughout all of this is I would say just people that really listen and try to understand. It's not that they do understand, but they try to. That's been honestly the most healing thing for me is just having people in my life that really allowed for me to express myself. And they genuinely were curious on what was burdening me and like what I was going through. I think everyone that deals with a chronic injury of any sorts, whether it's you know, post-concussion syndrome, whether it's like a stomach, chronic stomach issue, whatever it is, like people that deal with this constant pain or um, nagging, I think the biggest thing that they want is to be heard and to feel seen. And so I honestly believe like it's not necessarily some like people and what they say, but it's just about their presence that's healing and just like being able to not feeling like like I think our biggest fear is feeling like a burden to others that like, oh, our, you know, my I feel so heavy all the time. And like, you know, I don't want other people to feel that, but we also do want to express it. And so I feel like having those people that really just like were willing to sit down and like hear me and sometimes cry with me or like allow me to feel broken without having a solution, you know, it's obviously helpful when people like have wisdom to speak into you, but like being okay with like, man, sometimes I don't have wisdom to speak into you. And sometimes it's just like, I just see you and you're strong and like you and affirming that your emotions are real. Because I think the biggest lie that we believe as people with head injury is that we're scared that it's all fake and that we're making it up Mm -hmm. because we are so, there's nothing to like diagnose, there's nothing to really show what's going on. So there's doctors that will make you feel like you're just crazy and that you're just making things up and that my symptoms aren't real and that I'm just being dramatic. And really what I found at Cognitive Effects, which was like the most healing thing of all was being able to see on that paper how neurologically dysfunctional I was actually like the amount of things I was not being able to do at full capacity and seeing all of the red on my sheet and just being like man like I'm not making this up like this is real and that was just like crazy to me but some people don't have the opportunity to see that and I just want those people to know that like you're not crazy and you are experiencing pain and you like it's real and so just having people to be able to like listen and and see you and believe you is really healing in itself but I'd also say yeah just also speaking life over those people like when people would speak life over me and encourage me and challenge me to continue to speak like positive things over me so like for instance like my faith was a huge part of that and so people continuing to speak truth over my life and reminding me like the gift of suffering reminded me that there's purpose in it and sometimes you don't receive it but still it's there and that constant reminder will eventually continue to like run in your head of like you know even if I don't 
really understand it or believe it right now. I do believe that like what God says is true. And so just continuing to like speak truth in life over yourself and allowing people to do that over you was like key for me and people to like be like reminding me to be grateful and and helping like helping me practice to be grateful like sometimes you don't want to be grateful and sometimes you don't want to like you don't understand what that even means because you just feel so trapped and so like people who will like help see the good in your life for you and remind you of those things has was one of the most impactful things in my story Mm, that's so beautiful thank you and I think this is probably going right into the the next question I was going to ask which is how what advice would you give to the people who are loving and supporting people with concussions and maybe it's exactly what you're just saying (laughs) but is there anything else that you would want to add in in words to those people I would say this is a great question I would say to accept that you might not know the answers like accept that you might and most likely won't have the solution is really key and having that humility to understand that you don't understand and like and being okay with that because I think there is an aspect of when you know the person isn't going through the same thing as you but then they speak so like confidently into it without really understanding like sometimes the things they say don't make sense and are damaging and so just being able to like as that person accept that like yeah you it's as painful as it is you might not know or have the solution and that's okay and to admit that to the person too and to like share like the humility of that is really crucial as well it's like I might not have the answers for you right now but all I can do is support you and love you and what you're in right now and continue to like learn with you and that leaves so much space for just being able to communicate without this tension and also because like most of the people that are helping you are the ones that are closest to you and that you love the most. And so it's where you're going. They're going to see the ugliest parts of you um, because that's where you feel safest to release. And and so I think being able to find a place of communication with those people without feeling because you're both feeling frustrated. I think that's key. And that takes so much humility on both sides. But also something I said was to seek to be educated is huge. So like, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to like pay for every doctor or whatever, like look up podcasts or, you know, ask people around that, like, you know, have experiences before and be open to like learn about it or drop the expectations or the, you know, the things you already thought about it to really be open to learning about it in a personal way. So like, you're like, oh, what are you experiencing and asking questions rather than like assuming that your experience is the same as everyone else's. Because I wish that me and my parents would have educated more. And when my parents did educate, it made me feel so seen. So when they did go and seek like more about mental health or when they did seek more and look up other people's testimonies, they had more empathy and understanding that like, oh, Mandy isn't just making this up, it's real. Because I think there is like, since they're closest to them, you're like, oh, they're just being dramatic. But really they're educating themselves to know that like your story is is not like it's unique but it's not like there's other people that have experienced this and that it's you know not just some big act so yeah I would say and then the third thing that I would say that's so key is is to take take care of yourself first so like the people if you really want to help that person be able to like support and help yourself first because because there's going to be heavy at times and like 
as much as the person that's injured doesn't want it to be if you are in close like you're trying to help this person like oftentimes we are like caring a lot and so there's it's oftentimes you'll feel a lot too and so being able to process and deal with those emotions yourself otherwise it can get so frustrating and you will you know start feeling and acting out in those same emotions and that just becomes so confusing for both of you (laughs) so like just learning like coping mechanisms for yourself too and understanding like it's okay to feel a lot as well because I think that's key to being able to support one another is to like help lift those burdens but also like learning and understanding that that also takes a lot on you a toll on you as well yeah you can't pour from an empty cup so I think that's important and beautiful advice all of that that was thank you so much for that and on the topic of advice what would if you could go back in time and give yourself advice or talk to someone who's going through it now at the beginning stages, what advice would you would you give them? Oh, I would say number one, listen to other people's stories and educate yourself. Like I was saying, people's testimonies speak so much. And I think I've learned the most from, but also not only do they speak a lot, but they heal you by showing you there's hope. And also feeling that you're not alone because I think the biggest thing is the loneliness in it, the lack of support you get, being able to hear other people's testimonies and connecting with others that deal with things like this is so crucial because the loneliness does get so real. Even to to like today for me, that's like still my number one thing that is most difficult is just like finding people that you can feel seen and connected to that may have some sort of understanding or experience in it to know that you can get counsel from them and but also just relate to people like it's hard to find people to relate to when you like have lived such a you know different story i would say my advice is that you're not alone and that you're not a burden as much as oftentimes you'll feel that way but also like my big quote is like don't let this def- like don't let your injury define you but let it lead you to the definer, like the actual designer of who you are. So like in the midst of the confusion and the chaos, don't allow depression to define you. Don't let your injury define you. Don't let this become who you are, but let it lead you to figuring out who you are by seeking the the God who created you. Like seek out, let this lead you to this despair of like needing identity is like my biggest encouragement is like, you're going to feel confused. You're going to feel lost. You're going to feel like this is like who you are now. And it's so easy when you do experience a lot of pain to start defining yourself by that. And that just leads to this like really negative spirit so being able to like instead of letting it kill you like to make you strong like the like typical line but like to lead you to a place of like being curious of like who really am I Mm -hmm. some questions that I wrote down to let like that helped me that are like kind of deeper but like they're really important questions that will help you give perspective is where does your hope come from right now who are you without these parts of you that think that you think define you. So like, for instance, for me, it was like, who am I without, you know, performance or succeeding in school or becoming this basketball player or being an athlete or having all these worldly functions and gifts? Like, what am I without that? And who do you think you are without that? And who or what are you allowing to define you is like a huge question that can be really tricky 
And then the last one is, what might God be doing through this experience or this circumstance? That question is so full of answers. And I like that question challenged me and brought so much curiosity in me. And I let it like my competitive spirit, if you're an athlete, like let that seek into that competitive spirit, like lead you into this like self-growth competitiveness. How can I become the strongest person, strongest, like how can I actually practice the strongest faith? or become the best version of myself in this season. And a lot of that comes from being curious of like really believing that God is doing something that he has written this story for a reason and letting it sanctify you, like letting it build you into something new was just huge for me. And that's like, honestly, my biggest advice is be curious because that will lead you to so many cool places to the point where you get, you're like, this injury sucks. This reality sucks. This lifestyle is painful, but I'm so grateful that it happened. Like that's the point in the goal you want to get to. Oh my gosh. I love everything you just said. It totally got chills. And I really, really, really appreciate that. And I love that you brought up those questions. Thank you for sharing those because questions are so powerful. They direct our minds. Like, and like you said, it opens us to curiosity. And when we can be open and curious and trying to find the answers to these questions that have productive lead us in a productive way. Like it just, it makes all of the difference and is really, really powerful. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, So how are you doing today? You mentioned a few things that you're still working on. Is there anything else that you want to let people know that you're still dealing with or what helps you keep going? Yeah. So obviously I was sharing a little bit like the journey I'm on right now with the, you know, Coming back from Utah and um, that experience with Cognitive FX was like super positive for me because I was able to find more answers, which was so crucial and connecting dots about why. And and like this is the biggest thing on educating yourself is learning what your body's response is and why things are happening is so crucial to understanding how because really we're being taught how to be our own physician because that's the lifestyle we're going to have to live is how to become better and to keep healing on our own is so crucial so becoming self-educated on that was like huge for me so now i'm on the journey of like putting that into play and that's a journey and it's going to take a while. And I understand that. And another one of my advice is to not focus on the destination because that's what changed my perspective on everything. And it's made me so grateful and content with where I'm at is to not there's and there's days and months sometimes that I will forget that. And then I will start when I do start looking on my reality right now, oftentimes it will discourage me and I will spiral a little bit and I think just knowing that like as I'm speaking these things that I still am struggling like that I still every day am facing the reality of having a lower capacity and not feeling like I'm at full capacity that I was before but now I have a new perspective and so I would say right now I'm doing so much healing and that's my that's my focus my focus isn't on the destination it's just becoming the best I can today and coming the best I can um focusing on the season that God has me in right now, which is bringing it back to lots of simple terms, realizing what grace is. My biggest challenge for myself right now, I'm seeing a neuropsychologist right now. Um, That was from Utah, actually. And 
my biggest thing is is learning how to respect and love myself through the limitations I have and accepting the limitations I have for this season in order to actually get healthy. So like my big thing this last like six months has been prioritizing my health, which I say that, but it's so hard to actually do. <laughs> it's so hard to actually do. And so being able to like change my mindset actually to really learning how to prioritize things has been such a process. And so what that means is I might be like way more limited on, you know, how much I can do, how much I can work right now, how much I can hang out with friends, being like causing like actually putting limitations in the way so that I can do these things. And it it sucks. Like I, but I know that this season will be worth it in order to actually get better. Because I think at times we're like, we're morphed into this, like, because I knew the full capacity of my younger self, I still create goals based off of that capacity rather than creating goals based off of where I'm at right now. And so that's been like my biggest process right now is learning boundaries and limitations and sticking to them, which obviously takes a toll mentally as well. So again, it's just a cycle of still healing from so many things. And allowing God to heal and guide me into what's next. And not being afraid to share your story even when you're not done with it. Even when you're not fully healed. But even to share what God's doing in your life right now. Because that will give you purpose. And so, yeah. So I'm still continuing to like seek support. Find people that I can feel supported by. Because I think that's still my biggest struggle is feeling alone in it. And feeling misunderstood is like a huge emotion that I've dealt with through this whole journey and continuing to allow myself to heal from that and like allow myself to know that that's not the end goal is to be understood, but it's it's to give God glory. And so ultimately, the only one that's going to understand us is the one that's created us. And is and so that's like my biggest thing is like continuing to seek his approval and his acceptance and his affirmation rather than wanting that from everything else or everyone else. And that's still my biggest struggle today. And it's a everyday decision to allow God to comfort you and to receive his grace and to not take things in your own control. Because once you do that, that that can be super overwhelming. So mm-hmm. like just knowing that like I'm not there yet and that like you can still learn so much when you're not there yet. But just it's all about the perspective and it's all about the mindset and your ability to be grateful in the midst of pain is the strongest thing you can do for yourself. It's like your biggest tool that will help you get through pretty much anything. Like I can be confident if something comes and faces me again, I have the mindset and the tools to be able to break through because I have the strength from God and the hope that is eternal. It's not based off of my circumstances. So being able to continue to feed myself truth is, yeah, my journey right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love everything you just said. And I love that you kept referring to it as this season, because I think that is a really hopeful thing too. It's like we can, I think sometimes people are afraid to accept what is because that in their mind, that might mean, okay, if I, if this is how it is, then I give up. But I think you're a perfect example of when we, when we come to that acceptance, it's okay. Like, this is where I'm at. This is my season. I love me. And it's, it's okay that I'm here and let's move forward too. Like it's a, 
it's both. It doesn't have to be a, a one or the other thing. And I too love what you said about feeling misunderstood and realizing that the place to get that understanding isn't, we're not going to find it from other people. We, a lot of, it's, it's nice if other people can help us val- like validate our feelings right. and everything. Like right. not saying that's a bad thing, but if we are needing it from others, then we're going to be in a hard place. So we need to give that to ourselves and get that the way that we can access that, I think I'm with you is, is through our higher power. We can connect with the, the one who created us and who understands us to help right. us understand ourselves well. Right. Um, I think that's, that's really beautiful. You've shared so many really important, I think, and life lessons and things that you've put it really beautifully, but are there any other lessons that you want to make sure people are aware of and, and share with us how you've maintained this hope through your recovery journey? So I was actually <laughs> the other night, I don't know. It was really random, but I was just like, you one of those nights where your mind is just spiraling about like all these random thoughts and you're like, I just want to go to bed. I, the Lord was just like speaking to me a little bit about, and I didn't really know it was related to this specifically, but I was like, oh wait, this relates so much to this podcast. Yeah. So I was just like, I was laying there and the, I was just like, I get these like moments where I just become overwhelmed. One thing, one advice I have is to feel. It's to really express and to feel. And a big part of that is to feel safe, which my safe spot throughout my whole journey of being lonely and depressed and all these things was the Lord. And I really battled with him. The Lord isn't afraid of your emotions. He's not afraid of the excessive feelings you're feeling or the frustrations you have. And so, for instance, my way of coping, a big way of coping was literally like all of these journals. I have a journal pretty much for like every year. I just wrote and I would just write to God and I would pray to God and I would cry. And I experienced so much. I would cry so much, but it was like my release, my way of expressing, my way of battling with God. And my a big part of my testimony is I grew up in the church. I like was able to be fed truth a lot of my childhood. And I really chose to like pursue that and believe that around like middle school, like beginning of high school. And as much as I didn't really understand what it was, why I really believed these things, I I believe they were true. But it was through my injuries that I found God. It was through my injuries that I was able to finally understand like, okay, these things that God says I believe are true, but like now I actually have to like put them into play. Now I actually like have to like experience them. And so all of a sudden my faith was tested and I like I had to choose. And this was like the most difficult thing is not to run away from God in this like season and to run closer to him and to trust that what he says was true. And so like through this experience, I would say like the biggest part of my testimony, like the the verse that really explains it is Job 42 verse 5. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And so like what's crucial is that my like my testimony was like oh like yeah i know god whatever but it wasn't until i actually experienced like pain and and suffering and i really actually had to face the fact that i had to choose god and there was you know my eyes were open to the brokenness of myself and of my family of the people around me of the you know the healthcare system the world in general the school system like all of a sudden, my eyes were open to so much within like such a small amount of time and I was overwhelmed. And so it was now time to express that. And I was angry. I was so angry at everything and at everyone because, you know, you just are overwhelmed with these experiences that you're like, 
no one understands me. And so it turns into this resentment and this anger. And you're like, I just want people to see me. And it was through that I was able to express that to God. And through that, he showed me his face and he comforted me. And he, he had grace with me because I was obviously a head case. So I would say brain in, like for the brain injury in general, mourning is so important. No different than mourning a loss of a loved one. It doesn't go away or become less painful, but through time, your perspective is healed through purpose. And that doesn't make your pain of it any less, but it creates a new strength when accepting it. So like, that's, I think something the Lord was just speaking is being able to have perspective and purpose is what can help with the process of mourning and what can help through this all these heavy emotions is giving it to him and allowing and in return having purpose in it allowing him to show you things and being open to receiving new perspectives and accepting that these emotions are not fully real they're just emotions that he's allowing you to lead whoa these emotions are they're prompting you to run to God because you don't know where to put them. And in return, he just has something to say. He mm. most of the time that's what the emotions are is to lead you to a new place. Um, and that really changed my perspective on how to deal with emotions too, because I was like, I'm just this emotional wreck now, like all this sort of stuff. But no, the Lord prompted those emotions to become curiosity into he's like, Mandy, I just want to speak to you. And so all of a sudden, I'm able to express that to him and so that he can speak to me. And so, yeah, I would say mourning is huge too. Experiencing those pains, really bringing it to the Lord or before the Lord uses people too. So express it to people and, and just allow their space for people to speak in your life and for God to speak into your life, because that's where you will find healing is not necessarily that the experience is any less painful, but that there's purpose in it now. The purpose makes all the difference. And I think that really does play into the the hope and the, you know, if there's if there's a reason for it, even if that reason is to help you become who you need to become, that is that's huge. It makes mm-hmm. it does make it doable, right? Like there's yeah. Yeah. I remember reading some I was listening to a book and they were talking about how if there's a purpose to, or like there's a reason behind you're going through a challenging situation that makes it more doable. And I was, I thought about my wonderful mother-in-law. She gets stressed when she goes traveling, but she was so kind and came with us. My, I was moving with my husband and our two little kids, like two and three months old to China, which is a lot of travel, a lot of stress. And she went through all of that for us and handled it beautifully. And I was like, I think she was able to do that because she had a really specific purpose. It wasn't just her trying to like yeah. do a travel. It was like, I'm helping my son and daughter-in-law and their baby, like grandbabies. Right. It was a beautiful thing. And she was legitimately very, very helpful. I'm so grateful for her. But I think, yeah, when we, when we see that there's a reason and there's something that we can contribute or way that we can grow and develop in a into who we want to be like that just makes it more bearable. (laughs) That's such a good example. Just in the simplicity of life, like when you have something like the, when you do have a purpose, it gives you a new strength that you didn't even really know you had. You're like, 
because the strength is not from you. It's from something greater, you know? And that's the thing. It's like once I understood that the, there is something greater and that my life and the purpose that my life has is due for something greater, then I was like, it's not about me anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the another thing I would say is like, keep your eyes focused on above and on other people too, and really continue to fight the urge to let this consume you and thinking about yourself all the time can it can cause a lot of fear because you're like thinking about how so much about your injury and what it's doing to you and and it's like really focusing on God in those moments is what gives you a new strength to be able to impact people's lives by having a strength that's so so different and people are like oh you're so strong and it's like no I'm so weak and that's the whole point is like I've found a new strength and a new hope and that does it leads you to such a greater purpose and all of those things and so that was a really good example of it even just like in simple ter- terms to like small moments to like it it can affect your strength completely yeah, thank you. And I think part of what is so challenging about this post concussion syndrome, all of like, all of this is that it is so sudden. And so, you know, you thought you had a purpose, and then that purpose was yeah. taken like out from under you yeah. like that. And there's, I, it's totally understandable. Like you said, that mourning needs to happen. Like there's so much grief and so much real raw emotion that happens with this. But, and then part of that journey and finding the higher purpose in it is key. So I really love and appreciate your perspective and the the way that you've seen that play out in your journey. Thank you. And are there any other things that you want people to know about concussions or your experience thus far? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I didn't write anything for that one yet. We covered a lot. We, I mean, there is so much goodness yeah. that you shared in here. <laughs> really, really. I want to look back at watch it and soak it all in. Yeah, I don't really know if there's. I think we covered a lot of that question through the other things. Yeah, I would just say another thing is just being able to understand. Like for me, I feel like a big purpose in it was finding my identity and and being able to like I I guess I just want to share this part of which kind of leads into the last question but just of how what God did through it is through losing a lot of my passion or my ability to like be an athlete and all those things that I was putting my identity in before I was stripped from that and I had to start fresh which was obviously a lot of emotions ramped into that but just want to like share the glory that God did through that and how through experiencing like thinking my life was over whatever and like being like you know where is my purpose anymore like I and having a lot of worth put also into achievement and like being like oh my worth was put into how well I could do at school or how like great I could perform in this or you know what people thought of me in this aspect and it turned into a journey of finding God and and eventually him leading me to be able to do other things that I actually did. Like he knows the desires of our heart before we even do. And so he knew I had this desire to travel and to, and to share the good news with other people and to experience new cultures. He, he knew that I had an artistic side and some interesting part of my concussion was my personality changed completely. So my I became like 
there's obviously the physical aspects of it. So I became like way more pessimistic, had way deeper perspectives. Like I was feeling things and experiencing things way differently than I was before I became, I was type A to type B immediately. Like I became this really artistic way of expressing myself and, and it, it just was very different. And I was, I was pretty much learning and trying to get to know the new me, which was frustrating and, and interesting at the same time. But it it was a process of accepting myself and accepting that this person, this version of myself is going to take time to understand and learn. And to be patient with yourself is huge because you might be experiencing all these new things, but you can learn to use those things for better things as well. And like being able to learn to manage those parts of you is huge and giving yourself grace for that. But ultimately, all that said is it led me to uh, an opportunity to get into photography. And that was crazy to me because that was always just kind of a thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I never was like, even went past my mind to think that that would like take me to where I am today. And now I'm full-time photography and I didn't go to school because of my injuries because I was going through a lot and school became really difficult for me, which was discouraging. But that led me to where I am today of being a photographer. And I've been able to travel the world the last two and a half years and share the gospel with people and use my photography as a gift and to capture these crazy cool places. And it's just been and to meet and experience life with such crazy cool people all around the world. And that fulfilled a, a desire in me and a purpose in me that I didn't even know I had. And so just being open to like learning about yourself and understanding there is so much more to you than you think there is. And there's so much like God has so much bigger and deeper plans for you than you really could even understand. And he wants to reveal that to you. And so I would have never been to the place I am. I wouldn't have the experiences of the friendships and the depth and perspective I have now if I didn't seek his face in those moments and that and I didn't have this injury. So ultimately, like being open through that is is so crucial to being open to learning about yourself and understanding that every year you're gonna learn something new is is also crucial. And so I feel like that's a part of my story that is just showing that. God is so purposeful and gracious and that he does have a plan in all of it is something I would, I just need to share because it's just so key. And, and it's so beautiful. And I love that you're still, you're still young. This is still like your journey is still onward and moving forward. And I am excited to see what other things God has in store for you. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I love, I love your passion for heal, healing and sharing that goodness and light with the world. And so is there, if people were interested in connecting with you or and hearing more about your experience or hiring you for your photography skills, how can they find you? What's, what's the best way for them to look um, you up? I would say I have I have two Instagrams. I have my personal Instagram and I have my photography Instagram. My personal Instagram, I so I'm I shoot film, film photography, and I also digital photography is more of like my work. So uh, I do weddings, portraits, all that stuff, and that's through digital, and that's my photography account, which is Smaby Photography. And then my personal account, I post a lot of my film from my like travels and stuff. And that's where I'm like kind of making a platform more to share my personal life and like how my journey and all of this and just what I do. And so either of those accounts are great. 
you can reach me there. When is your what's your personal one? Oh, sorry. My personal one's silly. It's maybe baby one one one. I love it. <laughs> middle school, my my friends like never let me change it because they were like, it's so classic. My <laughs> last name's maybe, and it's just like I have so many nicknames because of that. And so <laughs> I love it. It's maybe baby one one one. All right. I never thought I would have to share that in a podcast, but <laughs> middle um, school coming back to bite you. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But yeah, I would say that and then I do have a website too smoothiephotography.com if people are interested in looking that but yeah I would say honestly if anyone's listening and wants to reach out or it's connected to my story or has questions about how to deal with such crazy seasons or life in general please reach out I am all about connecting I'm all about um supporting one another because it's it's just huge. It's a crucial part of it. it and it adds to that purpose, right? I just, yeah, I love, I love what you're doing. And I love um, your willingness to share that perspective and seeing God work through you. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. <laughs> thank you so much for allowing me to share. This has been such a blessing. And all of you guys from Utah have been such a highlight of my year. So I just appreciate everything you guys do. And for you, making this podcast is just brilliant. So I really appreciate it. Hope it helps people. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you listened in today. I hope you have gained some helpful insights and inspiration regarding dealing with and recovering from concussions. My goal is to create more awareness and education about concussions and the fact that there is so much that can be done to improve life after someone has had one. Help me spread the message by liking, commenting, rating, and subscribing to this podcast and share it with others who would benefit from hearing it. There are more resources available on my website. And again, if you or someone you love would benefit from concussion coaching, sign up for a free consultation using the link in the show notes or at my website, www.theconcussioncoach.com. Thank you. See you next time and take good care of that amazing brain of yours.